Welcome to A Cloud of Witnesses. This podcast is a ministry dedicated to encouraging unity in the body of Christ through the reading and discussion of church history. My name is Chris Perret. In this week's episode, we will be discussing chapters 4 and 5 of St. Ambrose on the Holy Spirit, book 1. Hello again, and here we go. Let's dive on into the discussion. In these two chapters, Ambrose goes into a little bit more detail of discussing kind of the implications of the Holy Spirit being God. And he starts off in chapter four addressing the idea of modalism, not in so many words, but he starts off in verse 55, but no one will doubt that the Spirit is one although very many have doubted whether God be one. For many heretics have said that the God of the Old Testament is one and the God of the New Testament is another. This kind of idea that there is a personal divine distinctness between the God worshipped by the Jews in the Old Covenant and the God we worship today as Christians as being different gods is a human fallacy of a misunderstanding of the trinity of God. Ambrose talks about this specifically in verse 55, talking about how the son, Jesus, was offended by Adam, seen by Abraham, and worshipped by Jacob, and then that the Holy Spirit energized in the prophets in the Old Testament and was breathed upon the apostles of the New Testament, just showing that the unity of the Trinity is something that is very, very important. One thing that I think is very interesting and also important is how, even in the midst of this treatise of the divinity of the Holy Spirit, Ambrose makes special mention of how the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete or helper to us. And I want to take a few minutes to kind of dwell on that. Just like last time in the discussion episode, I talked about how the Holy Spirit is a deposit of our inheritance of Christ and how powerful of an idea that is and how life-changing that concept can be if it goes from our heads down to our hearts. The idea that the Holy Spirit is our helper is also something that can make some pretty dramatic changes in the way that we approach life. It makes everything seem quite a bit less helpless. Ambrose has just spent the last four chapters discussing the importance of the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Thousands of words, almost 10,000 words. And in just a few short sentences, brought up the fact that this God, this divine person, the Holy Spirit, is our helper. This is something that I need to wrap my mind around more and more every day because I often find myself trying to act in my own strength, even in trying to do the will of God. And it is only by the Holy Spirit that I can do the will of God by the power of Christ. Yet still, I fight, claw, and tear trying to make the work of God happen in my own strength. At the end of that passage, Ambrose says, How then do some think that the Son is visible in his divine nature, 
when the world cannot see even the spirit. I think that as Christians, this is something we need to remember that the truth of God is something brought about by faith. It's not something that is experiential simply by evidences, but by reaching beyond the empirical data to something that is supernatural and greater than what the human mind by itself is able to grasp. Moving into chapter 5, we start to see a little bit more of the idea of Ambrose reaching beyond the physical world into the realm of the invisible creation. He talks a lot about how the Holy Spirit is not of things corporeal, but he sheds incorporeal grace upon corporeal things. But not only is he incorporeal, he is above the unseen, invisible creation, which I think is important to talk about, how these early church fathers did not see a world of just a physical place. They believed very much so in the idea of angels and dominions and powers beyond what we can see. And I think that's important to talk about how the spiritual realm is something that is a part of our history as Christians. And yes, there's some weird doctrines and things like that that have gone on, and I'm sure we'll get into that at some point within this podcast. But the idea of there being something else going on outside of what we can see, both for the glory of God and against the glory of God, is true. Beyond that notion of basic truth, however, I am not a theologian. And Ambrose moves into a point of thought and a trail of thought talking about how all creation, including those dominions and principalities and invisible things, are waiting for the redemption to be brought onto them through the glory of the children of God. I'm not going to speak to the definite yes or definite note of that. That's something beyond my study, beyond my understanding. But I at least wanted to point it out there. If you have a thought on that of the redemption of the invisible creation being discussed in Romans 8, hit me up with a comment or something like that. But that's not something that I am personally going to touch just because I don't have enough study to touch on it. But I think it's important, so I want to bring it up here. I will, however, dive into the idea of every creature being capable of change. And because we as a created species are capable of change, and as the creation as we see it in the physical world is capable of change, yet we see that the Holy Spirit is unchanging is something that brings me great comfort. Because it speaks to how we have a helper who is beyond our experience. He is beyond the idea of change, of lying, of reforming himself. But it is his essence, his 
power, his glory, his unchanging nature that intervenes onto our lives that allows us to become greater than we were. Let's take a moment to talk about the unchanging nature of God. Think of the past 2,000 years of human existence, of how borders have changed, nations have changed, cultures have changed, the animals and species that are on the earth have changed. We've seen extension, we've seen endangerment, we've seen pollution, we've seen different fuels come and go, we've seen the internet turn into a thing, we've seen cars, we've seen planes, we've seen all of these advancements and changes, and yet, in spite of all of that, God has not changed. Take your doctrine, for example. You as an individual, whoever you are listening to this podcast, have likely undergone some form of doctrinal change or belief change or a growth in faith over the course of your Christian walk, whether you've been walking with Jesus for two weeks or 30 years. In spite of how your understanding of God may have changed, he has always remained the same. Our changing nature, our sin, our death, our hatred, our love does not change God. He is constant, sure, and pure. And above all of those things, God is good. It is God's goodness that makes him unchanging. And I know that this is a hugely, longly, fully debated and questioned topic within the church of how can God be good when there's slavery? How can God be good when there's death? How can God be good when people are being hurt and maimed and killed in his name? Because we are not God. I can't tell you how many times I've had to remind myself and sometimes remind other people that you cannot allow the wrongdoings of the people who claim to know God, whether they do or not, to define who God is. Because everything that they have done in the name of God is limited, unsure, and in some sense impure. Because we are conduits of his grace, love, and peace. But it's kind of like sending an electrical current through a rusty wire or a split wire. It's not going to come through in its truest form. A little later on in the chapter, Ambrose talks about Psalm 14.3, where the writer says, There is none who does good. Not even one. I would, however, like to take a step backwards and talk about a concept that Ambrose brings up where he talks about how Christ led captivity captive. I love how he says this. He says, And since captive breasts certainly could not receive him, him being the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus first led captivity captive, that our affections, being set free, 
he might pour forth the gift of divine grace. We talk about Jesus having the keys to sin and death. We talk about him having dominion over all things, that the earth is his footstool. But the imagery of Jesus taking a principality of captivity and taking hold of it and making prisonership itself captive to the love of God is just beautiful. Honestly, leaves me speechless. Now, part of me wants to just kind of stop here, but there are some other really cool, really important parts in the last few verses of the chapter, which I want to dive into. One of which is in verse 74, Ambrose says, Good, then, is the spirit, but good not as though acquiring, but as imparting goodness. And this goes back to what I was just talking about, about how God is unchanging and we are changeable. We do not give goodness to God by our worship or by our thinking or by our theology. God simply is good and our definition of good then needs to move and change to his standard. We in applying ourselves to his standard, are becoming good. But God himself imparts goodness. This is beautiful as well. The perfect good being looks down on a creation full of change, full of evil, not goodness, and says, here, Here I am. Not only in the flesh do I give myself to you, but also in the spirit dwelling within you do I give my goodness to you that you may walk out goodness through your days. Ambrose says, For the creature is sanctified, but the Holy Spirit sanctifies. And by the work of the Spirit, we are given the same holiness that flows out of God and it changes our very nature. Well, that chapter was a ride. There was so much good stuff in there and I really, really want to hear your thoughts I know that I've got a number of subscribers. I've got people following me in a few places. Please, please, please give me your input. I want to hear your thoughts on these chapters too. I'm just one guy. And as we saw from this chapter, I'm not whole. I'm not perfect. I gain the goodness of God and I can learn so much from you. Help me change. Help me grow. Help me mature leave comments, leave ratings, all that good stuff. And there's a couple of good places you can do that. You can do that on Facebook at facebook.com slash cloudofwitnessp. You can leave a review right on iTunes, pop a couple of stars in there and give a comment. And you can also hit me up on Twitter as well through at cloudofwitnessp. Any review, anything you have to say is helpful and beneficial to me, please Give me your input. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And we'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening. Next week we'll continue our reading with chapters 6 and 7 of St. Ambrose on the Holy Spirit, book 1.